Welcome to Grow Your Influence Tree with your host, Leonard Kim. This is the show especially for those that want to be among the top influencers of the world. We'll help you build your brand, tell the most compelling story, build your reputation and grow your audience, and attract the top clients and customers. Listen to the experts. Think like they do, and you'll be on your way. Now, here's Leonard Kim. Hey everyone, Leonard Kim here, and welcome back to another episode of Grow Your Influence Tree. Today we have Divya Parak on the line with us, and what we're going to be discussing today is how to become a trusted influencer. Now, a lot of people out there are thinking, oh, I just want to go out there and I want to be the biggest name there is, I want to be the go-to expert in my field, but then sometimes you have to do some work before that, right, Divya? You're absolutely right. Um, so what do you think you have to do before you go out there and go on this journey to become seen as a go-to expert? You kind of have to become that expert first, right? <laughs> That's right, and uh, you're absolutely right. And when we are talking about becoming an expert, you know, people think that, oh, I have to wait for 10 years, 20 years. That's not the case. Mm-hmm. As long as you're at least three to four steps ahead of people that you're trying to reach out to, then you can go ahead and start teaching. Because with teaching comes this wonderful confidence. And with teaching, you get that inner satisfaction, meaning and fulfillment. So when you combine all the three together, confidence, meaning, and fulfillment, you are on your way to becoming a go-to expert and then continue to becoming an influencer. So what you need is you need confidence, you need meaning, and you need fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Absolutely. So when I talk about confidence, it, uh, confidence also comes from having the competencies, having the skill sets, because think about it. Like, let's say if you were to ask me, now, Divya, can you go and speak on Cosmos? Let's talk about how a rocket engine works and how can we launch a rocket. I'd just be sitting there with my mouth gaping open and then looking like, ah, somebody's put me in a corner. I don't know what to say. So Mm. one of the first thing is that you do know what you're speaking about. You have to have a certain experience. You have to have had certain element of success. And then so I have a question is, about that. <clears throat> so there's some people out there who are pretty good at what they do, but they lack the self-confidence of thinking that they're good at what they do. What, what about that type of person? Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right that they do lack in confidence. And that's where what you can do is that, okay, let's say if you're a speaker, and now mm-hmm. you want to become a keynote speaker. So rather than just kind of going after big conferences and sending in them applications about paid speaking engagements and applying for it, what you could do is you could start speaking at meetup groups. You can Mm -hmm. connect with local chapters, rotary clubs. You could connect with different organizations that's local and speak for free. And then what happens is as you connect... Initially, when I started out, I would have my own feedback cards because especially when you're speaking for free, usually don't, you know, people will not have survey forms for people to fill out. 
because it's in a relaxed environment. So one of the best things is, you know, you are there with people who are starting out. They're not as, how, how should I say that, you know, they've not paid like maybe 5000 bucks to attend a conference. So the expectations are much lower. So that's really a good way of building confidence. So initially when I started out, I would take my feedback forms and ask people to give me feedback. And what I found was that as long as I was open to receiving Mm -hmm. feedback, I really got valuable feedback and I would implement those learnings and correct my course, whether it was my programs or whether it was my books or whether it was my speaking style or speaking content, and I still do that to this day because to me, I'm still a student. I'm at the, the more I learn, the less I know. Yeah, I can definitely see that, especially, especially when it's growing in an environment. Uh, you come to realize that there's an infinite amount of like, knowledge out there, so you just have to continually grow and grow and grow. Absolutely. Okay, so uh, we have, oh, go ahead. No, please go ahead. So we have confidence as the first part of it. What you have to do is you have to build up that confidence by starting small then kind of working your way up, right? That's right. Okay, and what's next? So what's next is that desire of passion, that desire of purpose, that desire of serving others. Because what I've found is that, you know, when you speak from your heart, then it's a joy to you. And especially if you are in any business, whether you're a leader, whether you're an entrepreneur, now if you really want to make an impact, then when you speak, you're not memorizing your speech. I'm just going to take an example of a speaker again. Because you're speaking from heart. Like, so, for example, we talked about the confidence. We talked about knowing your subject thoroughly. And that does not mean that you have to wait for 25 years till you can go out and speak. You can just keep building on your talk. And as you keep building on your talk and as you keep on getting your feedback, you're getting stronger and stronger. And also you are creating that resilience within yourself to receive that feedback and learning to fail fast. Hmm. So now what happens is when there is that desire to make a difference, to create that in, in and create that impact in people's lives. And when you see people's eyes light up, when you're seeing that definition of transcendence and transformation in their eyes and like, you know, that success story, I can tell you how rewarding that is. I mean, you could put me at 2 a.m. at night in front of people where I knew that I was making a difference and because I love it, because my why. So when we talk about the meaning and fulfillment, it stems from having that strong, passionate why that lights the fuel and transforms it into fire into your belly, you know, that makes you spring out of your bed every single morning and not have to worry about it. So so basically, as long as you're able to have that fulfillment, you're able to reach your goals because you're getting more and more confidence. It's helping build up your self-esteem or your self-worth. And the more self-worth you have when people are giving you feedback, you're able to take it a lot easier. Absolutely. And uh, also, you've got to add the practical side. Mm -hmm. So, for example, if you're an entrepreneur, 
You got to think about your business model. You got to think about your marketing. You got to think about what's your coaching niche. What's your coaching model? Who is your market? Is it one to many? Is it a gym model? Is it a risk-free model? It's high-risk model. So there's that aspect as well. Hmm. Okay. And what's the uh, third component that you really have to look at? The third component I would definitely say is the resilience. Resilience? So that's just keeping, sticking to it, right? And just keep going even no matter what happens? Yes. All the knowing that sometimes the path you're on, you may have to correct the course. Sometimes we are so close to it and we think that this is the path I got to follow, which is, again, comes back to sunk cost bias, that you have invested so much time, money, and effort into it that you're not willing to back away from it. And that's where, again, you know, failing fast comes in, that you have failed, take a look at what went well, what went not so well, where could you improve, what could you repeat again that has gone well. And when you do that, when you have that measurement of success in your milestones, Mm-hmm. then it's so much easier to see where you have failed. It's so much easier to see where you can improve. And then that allows you to succeed because that resilience, that mental attitude, that mind, growth mindset that tells you, right, that, okay, now what's happening is, so I'll share a story. So, for example, initially when I started out, somebody had reached out to me, for writing my book, my first book. It was participating in an anthology, and I was thrilled. And I used to be in the corporate world where I used to write protocols and being in biopharmaceuticals, I would be writing observations or I'd be writing submissions for FDA. And that usually we would sit down with our clients and that usually went through like, you know, at the most one round of review. So you have this confidence and you're thinking, yes, you know, of course, if I could do all that, I can easily write a book, what's in that? And then when I sat down to write it, I did everything from tearing pages to -hmm. writing in notebooks to typing in computer to writing on boats to going to different coffee shops to different places, but I could not write. Oh, I was no. stuck, I was stuck, I was stuck. So, so that's the resilience and then evaluating the option, like should I give up or should I explore different options? So the option was I've sh- there was not to give up but to seek out help. So, I mean, of course, every situation is different. But when you're resilient, you can come and look at the situation with a different perspective and reframe it so that you're able to move forward. Hmm. So what do you think made you like stuck when you were tasked to write the book, especially if you were used to writing before? It was because now I was putting myself out on the line, right? Yeah. So what was happening was before it was pure science, which is backed mm-hmm. by data. So I could take that science and I had that, all that competency and confidence where I had pushed through several biomolecules. Previously, I had built that confidence over years, so I could just kind of write it up, of course. It took time, 
not to say it did not require efforts. It did require efforts, but it was that skill set and competency and confidence that I had built over the years. So when I started writing, I forgot that this was a new area. I was expecting the same results of myself. Technically, it was the same, and yet it was different. I was putting myself out there. I was going to share what's my why, what's my vision. And every single Mm -hmm. time I wrote, that fear of rejection, that fear of failure would always pop up. Oh, what if somebody does not like it? Oh, what if somebody makes a nasty comment on it? What if I sound really dumb? Is what I'm writing, is it right? Because think about it, like, you know, here from leading a multi-million dollar project to like writing totally about what's your vision and what's your why. I knew what it was, but like giving a voice to it, it's almost like putting a piece of your soul out there that's going to last forever and people can judge you. So that fear can be very crippling and it can stem you where you are and keep you stuck. Yeah, I can definitely see that, especially especially um, when you're doing a project for the first time and putting it out into the world. I remember like when I first went to go write, and I was sitting there looking at the first post, thinking of putting it up onto the internet. Like I wrote it, then when it came time to actually put it up, like I started trembling and shaking and going, "Can I click this publish button?" What are people going to think of me? Are they going to mock me, ridicule me, call me a loser? What are they going to do? So with all those similar things that you were thinking of, like I, I think it's like a natural instinct to really just have your brain go into that direction of like the what ifs, what if this happens, what if that happens, what if this, what if that. And it's usually all the negative things. And for some reason, like brains don't really go into the positive direction where they're thinking, oh, you know what? What if this good thing happens? It's always bad for some reason. You're absolutely right in that, Lennon, because, you know, we have this reptilian brain, which is amygdala, where, you know, it responds in microseconds, not even milliseconds. And the response is so fast that it's either freeze, flight, or fight response and then you just kind of freeze up and then all you all the brain sees is danger obstacles and then you go in this prevention mode yeah it's definitely something that a lot of people fall subject to and it's kind of crazy how it just continues over and over and what we'll do is we'll go over to a commercial break and we'll talk about how to really solve this when we get back Uh, you can find me on twitter at mr leonard kim and where can people find you divya Oh, people can find me. My website address is www.diviaparek.com. And if I spell it out, D as in David, I, V as in Victor, Y, A. P as in Paul, A as in Apple, R as in Robert, E as in Edward, K as in Kevin, H as in Harry. And you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. That's my name. Facebook, Twitter. Twitter handle is at Coach Divya. And you can reach out to me via email, Coach contact at diviaparik.com. Perfect, and we'll see you after this commercial break. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. 
Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. It's time to unlock some of the best kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We get It will be the best hour of your week. Want to improve your health, business, and life just by listening to a radio show? Well, we can at least move you in the right direction. Listen for Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. Each week, Allison will speak with amazing guests and find out what's changed their lives and how they are changing the lives of others. From beauty to health to business and personal relationships, we're here to inspire you to live your life of passion. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel channel hear the stories be motivated be inspired join us today voice america influencers this is grow your influence tree to reach leonard kim or his guest call into the program at 1-866-472-5795 That's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Hello, this is Leonard Kim once again with Divya Park. If you tune into the first segment of this, you really got to understand that what you really need to succeed and grow out there to really become an influencer is three things. Confidence, fulfillment, and resilience. And as time goes by and you're entering into these dark territories, these new territories, what ends up happening is a little bit of things change because at first you were representing something else, something that you could really believe in. But once that uh, gets to the point of really promoting yourself, that's where fear strikes in and you kind of get scared because you have this what if mentality. What if people judge me? What if they mock me? What if they think my ideas are crazy? Like... If you ask anyone who's gone out there and created content on their own behalf, this is like the usual thing that all these people really experience. And it's what holds them back from really succeeding. So, Divya, like, when you had to experience that type of situation, how did you overcome it? Hmm. Like, when I... Uh, so let me paraphrase the question back to make sure I'm understanding correctly. So when I faced that fear, what did I do? Mm-hmm. So what happened was, you know, I was uh, definitely in grip of fear, and that continued for almost eight months. And then my publisher came back and said that maybe what you could do is not participate in this anthology, and then we can see you can participate next time. And that that was just a wake-up call, Hmm. that here I was, a person who's always a proponent of people, And what happened was I was so engrossed in my own fear, I was so clutched by it that I forgot that, you know, I may be a cause for delaying a lot of people for getting their book out. So that just jolted. It was like a jolt of lightning. It woke me up. And then it was like, okay, either I get over the fear or I say no. So 
that really awakened me. And then what I did was I just kind of jumped right back into it. I asked my publisher for a few more months and went out, reached for help, got a lot of coaching around, and I was able to look at myself openly, be open to feedback, you know, because somebody else who could look at me objectively could share what was going on. And I was able to move past that fear because the thing is that, you know, you cannot just kind of suppress the fear. You have to walk through it. And when you walk through it, you're able to look at it in the eye and say that, yes, I understand that I'm fearful. Yes, I understand the consequences that, you know, I may be rejected. I may be judged. I may be a failure. And yet, I'm going to do it. It's about making a choice. And I made a choice and I wrote it. And the book hit number one bestseller. So I got some good reviews. It all turned out to be okay. But in that moment of time, I had to make a choice and take action. I can definitely see how concerning it is, especially to get into that situation where your publisher is like taking away the opportunity and you're like, wait, I just really need to make sure I do this. And for you to be in a situation like that, I can definitely see how that's a wake-up call. And I know that you consider yourself a coach, and it seems that you had to go out for other consult coaching. Do you feel that like maybe a lot of people who are um, in the business of helping others find it like difficult to go hire help themselves? And do you think this is something that they should do? Because like a, a lot of people might think, why would a coach hire another coach? <laughs> Well, I'll share a lovely story on that. So what happened was, you know, I went for, uh, it was almost a two-year coaching certification program when I joined it. And when I joined that, while I was, this book, like, you know, a lot of things were happening in parallel. So I remember one of my coaches telling me that, remember, that regardless wherever you are, you have blind spots. And... It's really wonderful to have a coach by your side. And it just kind of struck me, and it was one of my first coaching classes, and I went ahead and hired a coach. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you, then, as I was moving through, right, so this was like a mindset coach who was helping me out with my personal growth, and then I found that, you know, business coach was something different. And then I had another business coach, and of course, I was very proud of it because my instructor had said it. And then I went to a conference. I'm sitting on a table, like, you know, I'm a budding entrepreneur, pretty confident about myself, about my skill sets, and thinking that, you know, I'm making a difference to people's lives, the few clients I had worked with. Had wonderful stories of breakthroughs and success on their part where they were able to move beyond where they were stuck. So, of course, you know, with this newfound confidence, I'm sitting at the table and there are like all these established entrepreneurs and they're talking about, oh, they've been running business. They had six-figure, seven-figure business. And I'm sitting there, I'm smiling and, okay, you know, there's not much for me to say because I was just starting out. So I'm just kind of listening to them. And as things were going on, you know, people were, saying that, oh, yeah, uh, people have coaches, and because I believed in it, I was very proud of it, and I was very confident. I said, I've got two coaches. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm so thrilled to have a coach, you know, and they help me out. And all these people on table are looking at me as if I was this small little crawly bug on the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. Just kind of giving that look, not saying anything. And body language can speak volumes, right? So I'm sitting there trying not to shrink in my seat and just kind of sitting there. And then, of course, you know, they announced that, okay, we are going to get started. And Brian Tracy comes on stage. He is one of my heroes. So mm-hmm. Brian Tracy is phenomenal. And he is speaking, and he goes and says, like, I'm just kind of, I had, had read tons of his books and programs and just a phenomenal person. And then he said that at that point in time in his game, where he had spoken to, I don't know, like how many thousands or millions, like, you know, he has been to like so many countries and or spoken to five million people. I don't know the number or statistics. I don't remember, but like mind-blowing numbers. And he is at the top of his game. And he said that he had seven coaches at that yeah. point in time in his life. Because we are like a car, as my instructor mentioned, you know, we have, no matter how long you've driven, you always have blind spots. And having a coach by your side makes a huge difference. And to this day, I have coaches and I can share that I'm a lifelong student and I have no, I'll actually, unapologetically, I will say that I am not afraid to say that I'm open to learning and that when I learn, I grow a whole lot more. So that's what I think. Perfect. So what you think, so what Brian Tracy said in front of the stage is at that exact moment when he was speaking, when he already traveled around the world, spoke to millions of people, at that moment he had seven coaches himself. Yeah, so uh, the thought that came to my mind is that, you know, I'm only a two. As I grow in my <laughs> business, I'm going to hire more coaches. Yeah, definitely. So, so kind of like how those two people were looking at you like you were a small person because um, you stated that you had two coaches. Do you think that's like the normal perception of people? Like if you hire a coach or um, like what – is there like some stigma behind that or – like, do you think it was just an uh, like a random situation where those two people were looking at you like that? Mm, so here's what I'll say. You know, there are all different types of people. And the way I see it, people, is, you know, everybody's traveling at a different point in time in their lives, and everybody has different goals. So as I have matured in my learning, as I have matured in my business, the one thing that I've learned is that I want to connect with people that help me grow, that I help grow, that it's like a community where we are looking out for each other, where we have each other's back. So now I work with people, whether it's my clients or with my coaches or my connections, where learning is an asset, not something to be scoffed at. Yeah. So I'll share that, you know, in the community that I'm over on, mm-hmm. having a coach is 
looked upon. Like, they say, oh, wow, you have a coach, that's great. Because think about it. Like, you know, all these football players, look at the Olympians. Look at Michael Phelps. They have yeah. reached their peak of achievement, their peak of performance, and still they have coaches. So I would just say that, you know, if you feel that you don't need a coach, power to you because I'm not in a place to judge anyone. Yeah. <clears throat> so in regards to your particular type of coaching, what, what do you do for your coaching? In my coaching, I help people build influence. Influence that comes from heart, that comes from true, genuine caring for other people. It's not just about, like, you know, growing yourself and getting that big name for yourself. So that is, like, the first essence. And, of course, now you have grown into your genius. And once you have grown into your genius, it's essential to share your message with masses to become an influencer. So it's... It's an eclectic mix of, you can call it soft side and the practical side. Uh So it's through business coaching, it's through leadership coaching, which is helping people find the David within them, because David is there for each and every single person, and that's my belief, that what society does is with the society expectations, our school expectations, parental expectations, friends' expectations, we have this beautiful mirror and then we just kind of keep on coding it with different layers. And then we forget because look, think about it. If you look at a child, at a baby, if you're in a store, I mean, I'll share with you, like I'll go to so many different grocery stores and all I do is I smile at babies. Your eyes meet and they'll smile back. There is no hesitation. There is that brilliance within them, that genuineness and that authenticity. So it's there. That's our core nature. So I help people find their core nature on the softer side and on the practical side. I help them take it by crafting their message, by mastering their message so it comes out very crystal clear who they are. And when people know who you are, when you are that genuine, authentic person, you can be an influencer and you can inspire, influence, and impact people and make a difference in their lives. So by taking this, <clears throat> this authentic approach to leadership, like what do you think really makes it work so well? Mm, what makes them is, so let, I'll share a story for one of my clients. She had a program about influence, and she was speaking to big companies. I mean, like, she does that even now to, like, you know, Coca-Cola, Pepsi, and yet her message was not getting out to, so her genius was already there, but her message was not getting out to more people. And then we talked about it. She read my book, one of my last-to-last books, Entrepreneur's Garden, And she said, Divya, as I'm writing my foreword for your book, do you think you could help me write a book and help me craft my message? So we sat down, and that was, again, that fear that I had seen within myself so I could see a certain element. She was a whole lot more courageous than I was. So we went through it, and when that book came out, when you write a book, there's such an element of growth 
and personal journey that now people are ordering her books, executives are ordering, and now she can write a proposal directly to executives, to the CEO suite, and take her influence program to the whole organization. So what it does for them is it's that message, right? Because now she's crystal clear. Not that she was not there before, but it's about taking that whole program, which was probably like a four-day program, and learning it to condense into that clear vision that you can share with somebody else, going from hidden genius to a known go-to expert. So it's almost like that. Like, you know, there's a diamond, right? Diamond's already there, but you're just polishing it where people cannot deny the brilliance they see. It's just there to shine. It's just there for anybody, everybody to see. So basically, by getting that diamond and polishing it, what people see as exponential growth in their business? Mm-hmm. Elemental growth in their personal life and in their business because we are connected. Where you go, there you are. If you bring your true you with the genuine caring and intention of serving others, people see that. People connect with you because you're invested in them. And when you're invested in others, when you're invested in their success, you're going to help them succeed. And when you help others succeed, you automatically succeed. Yeah, that sounds like a great idea, especially when it all works together. Well, we're about to hop off to another commercial break. And uh, you can find me at Mr. Leonard Kim on Twitter. Where can people find you again, Divya? You can find me at www.diviaparik.com. That is David, India, Victor, Yellow, April, Paul, April, Robert, Edward, Kevin, Harry. You can also reach out to me at contact at diviaparik.com as well as on Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn. My Twitter handle is at Coach Divya and LinkedIn is LinkedIn slash Divya Parikh. Perfect, and we'll be back after this commercial break. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. I'm busy and so is my family. Leftover pizza and unhealthy takeout isn't really doing it for us anymore. Just ask my bathroom scale. That all changed when I found Freshly. For less than $10 a meal, Freshly delivers six meals a week, always fresh, never frozen, prepared by top chefs and nutritionists using the best, freshest, gluten-free ingredients. The best part is the menu is always new and fresh, just like the food, and it only takes three minutes for me to prepare breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and there's no messy cleanup and no dishes. My family loves the choices and the taste and freshly delivers to my home and my office so I eat healthy all day, every day. If you're tired of the same old cardboard delivery and takeout, try out Freshly.com today and save $20 on your first order using coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Your taste buds and your scale will thank you. So save 20 bucks today with coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. 
This is Grow Your Influence Tree. To reach Leonard Kim or his guest, call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Hi, welcome back to Grow Your Influence Tree. You're here with Leonard Kim and Dibia Parekh. Um, if you've tuned into any of the other portions of the segment, you really got to understand like the, how confidence, fulfillment, and resilience really is what drives you to success and what to do when you really experience a situation where you fall into a place and you're not sure what to do because you have so many fears that are really striking you. And that's just to reach out and get help. Now, what we're going to do is, um, Divya, can you tell me a little bit about your story and how you got to where you are today? Ooh. <laughs> Long version or short version? Uh, let's go 15-minute version. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Well, um, okay, I'll go back. Long, long time back. I'm not that ancient, but... Uh, I started out in science because science has always fascinated me, how to resolve problems, to get to the root cause, and what new things we can make out of it, what can we discover. So I started out in biochemistry, which is the chemistry of emotions and how the brain chemistry works, what makes us go forward, what makes us stuck, and all the good stuff, what makes our complex systems of our body function. So to me, that's always been fascinating. Like, you know, there's so many different organs working in harmony and different cells, like knowing how it works on its own. So from there, I moved into biopharmaceuticals and also in research labs, leading multi-million dollar projects. And because I wanted work-life balance, I grew my career horizontally Hmm. rather than climbing up the vertical spiral where people just kind of keep on climbing because what I believed was that if I grew horizontally, not only I learned a whole lot more and it allowed me to have that life balance that I really prioritized in my life. So as all these things were happening, I was very fortunate to have learned things at very large scale. you know, when you're dealing with $30, $35 million projects at a given time, to have that vision, a bird's eye view, so like I could look at the forest for the trees and I could look at the trees for the forest. Yeah, definitely. Come 2008, our economy tumbled. Every situation was impacted. My husband was definitely facing layoff because he was in IT industry. And at that time, you know, IT took a really, really major hit. Now we hear a great wine rumor that there are going to be layoffs. And, of course, I'm a little scared having a young family. And then it comes true. So one day, my friends that I've spent time with, you know, especially when you're in biopharmaceuticals, the science doesn't stop or does not sleep for anyone. Like you have cells and you're growing vaccines from cells. and So we would work through nights. We would be on the floor for manufacturing as uh, advisors and working with, you know, manufacturing team and process development team and all this, you know. So you become a family because you're not only 
you're working through nights, but you know you are all in this together because a patient, it could be a baby who's waiting for that vaccine and they need that medicine for their life to continue. And some of them were cancer patients. So, you know, you, you get this bonding, like really strong bonding. It's not only like friendship, you become a family. And right there on that day, people were walked off. Their box, whole life in a box, in a cardboard mm-hmm. box, and just walked off. Wow. And it just hit me hard. So there in the, that was like a life-changing moment for me, and I decided I was going to do something else with my life where I could create whatever jobs I could in my capacity and know whatever little control I could have. I mean, life is nothing but changes and ambiguity and uncertainties. So I decided to go on coaching because people have always been very dear to me, and I always believe that together, you know, we have the power of an ocean, and individually we are just one drop. So... I went for coaching, and as part of giving back, I was fortunate to work with underserved students. And as I grew into my coaching, I was very fortunate and blessed to have coached across six continents, coaching thousands of people, and finding that what is personal is universal. So after having coached people across 90 countries, we all had accent for each other. We all were strangers to each other. And what I found was that we still spoke the same language of people, of humanity. We all had similar problems. So that really helped me grow tremendously. And from there, I have been growing, doing my coaching practice. And as I talked about the book, as I was working with my coach, my coach told me, Divya, you have a process. You wrote your first book, and now you've written your second book. There's a process. You finished your second book in three months. So I hadn't even realized that, and then we sat down, and we figured out what it was, and now found that that process really works because I've written 15 books, and I've helped scores of people to write their books. And what I've, again, I've found is that at the basis of it is that passion, that what brings joy to my life. And when I interacted and when I really want other people to succeed, so for example, just this month, we launched two books and the both books hit number one international bestseller in different countries and it was just phenomenal, you know, like we got on Zoom and I'm looking at my client. My client is jumping for joy. There are like these stars in her eyes and it was just a, such a beautiful moment. And in that moment, you feel fulfilled. You feel as if you're the richest person on the earth. And along with that, you know, I'm also on a board of Women's Empowerment Organization, which is a nonprofit organization. I'm on leadership and business mentor for a robotics team. So as you grow in your business, then you give back to the community and then you help people who may not have opportunities that you have. And when you see that transformation in those people, I am telling you, Leonard, I feel on some of those moments that I'm the richest person on the face of the earth. That's amazing. 
So you you started out coaching how long ago? I started out around like twenty ten. Twenty ten, and in the last eight years, you've been able to help nine hundred people across the country, or across the world. Well, I can say I've been very blessed, you know, and uh, I've had really good people who have supported me, and I've had the community and friends and coaches who have been in the journey together, where we have supported each other and helped each other grow. Nice. So, in regards to our clients, like, let's say they're working with you and they're lost. Like, what usually happens after they work with you? Do they start earning more money? Do they find themselves, or what usually ends up happening to these people? Hmm, that's that's a great question. So, first of all, you know what we do with clients. You know, when they connect, for example, let's say a prospect comes to me, there is no like, you know, you gotta have everything that I have. In my shop, we sit down, we do a co-creation strategy, and we figure out exactly what that client needs. And now that includes their budget, their time, their effort. We develop a plan, and then based on what they can do, we go forward. But we go forward with me- making sure that what are the goals are. So let me again. I love to share stories of my clients. So for example, let's say one of my clients came to me. Uh, probably a year and a half back, and she said that she wanted to participate in an anthology. So she participated in an anthology. She was very stuck in writing, and she wasn't sure. We sat down, we figured out what her goal was, and according to that, we helped her write her book. And after that, taking baby steps, she started, like, you know, she continued her coaching with me, and we said that, okay, she wants to become a media influencer where she wants to grow her business. We said, okay, let's put the steps down. Let's get you on some local TV shows. Let's get you some media coverage. And she, the key was that she took the action steps. And she's studying to be a lawyer. And on the other side, she's doing entrepreneurship work. She's also doing work with some young underserved girls. So a lot on her plate. She's got a family. But because we had that clarity, she was able to achieve it. And then she said, Divya, I'm ready for my own book. So we published her own book. And then that has given her so much of a platform to just kind of catapult from. And now she's not only been endorsed by senators, she has been endorsed by the industry leaders in her niche, and she has been able to grow her business on the other side. So it's its partnership. It's not one person. It's when you come together Mm -hmm. and you work for the success for that partnership, then things just fall into place and magic happens. Nice. So it sounds like you have a book, and a lot of the people that you've helped ended up having a book, too. What does this book end up doing for people? Oh, gosh. A book ends up doing, like, I cannot tell you. Like, book is the best marketing tool for anyone. A book is what I'll give you a few stories, what books have done for me, what books have done for my clients. 
I have got all my clients from my books. Books have helped me get speaking engagements. Books have got me. So it's not about the number of sales. I always say that, that, you know, don't think about selling books in thousands. Yes, you can. You can make money, but think about it. If it's a book that's written for your reader, then you can get one $5,000 client from one book. So let's say a book is priced at fourteen ninety-five, and you get 5000 from one client. Now, if you're trying to sell that many units, like uh, 5000 divided by 5, you have to sell approximately like 450 units, 450 or more. So why do that? Why sell a lot more number of books rather than solid clients from it? So it will get you, it will become like repurposed uh, content for your uh, social media, blog posting, your websites, and whenever you go on podcasts, it becomes a tool that uh, the podcasters or radio show or even the TV show folks can promote it. And then it becomes the entry of success. It becomes the portal to your prospective customers. Because if a book is written the right way, you can start engaging and interacting with your customers. So not only it helps you grow personally, because when you're writing, there's something about the book. And this is I've not seen once. I've seen it time and time again that it's one thing to write a blog and it's one thing to write a book. You grow personally, you grow in confidence as an expert, you're just elevating yourself, you're elevating your business, you are providing the resources to your readers who may not be able to afford your coaching or your services or your products. So they get a taste for you and it is the best business card ever. It goes and sits in the coffee table of your prospect, it goes in the hands of your prospect, it goes and sits by the bedside as a reading, it becomes part of the masterminds, it becomes a legacy for you to leave behind. Nice. Um, so what if you write a bad book? Does that, what happens then? Well, once you write the best book, then you go ahead and you do the marketing for the book, and that's also, it is very strategic when we talk about the marketing of book. Lots of people like to take a book to number one bestseller, and mm-hmm. because that generates lots and lots of attention during that launch. And once that book has been written, then uh, depending on what area you are in, so for example, I'm just going to take an example of a speaker. So for example, If you are a speaker, now you have a book. Now what you can do is you can give away the books at discounted prices where your event organizer can make, let's say, you know, it costs you, let's say, $5 a book. Now your event organizer sells it at 20 bucks. Let's say you keep the price of the book at 20 So they are making $15 per person. You're not paying anything for the books. You're not just kind of giving the books away for free. So even if it is 100 people, so 15 times 100 is $1,500. And now let's say there are two speakers. There's a speaker with a book. If your speaking fee is $3,000, and now you have made your event organizer half of the money they're giving you who they're going to invite. 
So that's just one of the examples. I mean, we could go on and on. Then another thing what can happen with the book is if it is done, like, you know, published in the right way. So, for example, I'll share with you, like, you know, um, one of my books was out there, and Pearson Books kind of, like, saw something inside it. It had been talked about it on one of the radio shows. It was picked on. And they reached out to me and said that, you know, can we publish your material, just a section of it, like very little section of it, in our books. It, my material went to 500,000 books. It's not about just the money. Like, you know, I talked about the fulfillment in the beginning. So for me, that my material had been chosen to educate students and it would go in 500,000 books, that was a huge accomplishment for me. Awesome. Wow, this is so uh, powerful, especially how many different ways you can really make revenue from a book and how this is really working out for a lot of people. Um, we're about to close out on the episode, and I wanted to thank you so much for hopping on, Divya, and sharing all of your insights and what we could do to really build our influence today. Uh, we will, For everyone who was tuning in, thank you so much, and we'll be seeing you next week, and uh, we'll see you next week on another episode of Grow Your Influence Street. Thank you. Thank you for making us part of your week. Listen for Grow Your Influence Tree with Leonard Kim every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Stand out, stand apart, and become a top influencer. We'll see you here next week.